this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The Jay Allen Show is streaming now on safetyfm.live. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of The Jay Allen Show. We are coming to you live from the Safety FM studios in Orlando, Florida. This is the show that you have asked for, ladies and gentlemen, so we will continue to bring it to you in the format that you're asking for. If you are taking a listen to us right now, we are streaming live on safetyfm.com and on safetyfm.live. And if you do take a listen to some of our other shows, we have been doing some video streaming from time to time, but we are not doing that with this episode here today. But today... I am doing an interview with a person who has been requested to be on the show by you, the listener. So today I have the privilege of speaking to the author of a practical guide to safety profession, The Relentless Pursuit. The author also has a website by the name of RelentlessSafety.com. And if you're into snake bites, at least the video, you'll know exactly who I'm speaking of. And if you're not aware, which I'm sure you already are, he is also a founding member of the Safety Justice League. Today, I have the honor and the privilege of speaking to Jason Maldonado. Jason, welcome to the show. You already are aware you've been on different shows, so I'm not going to bore you with some of the the same questions and I'm not going to ask about creepy Carl or anything to that extent. <laughs> oh, but he's so much fun to talk about. <laughs> I mean, we can, but no, that's all right. I just, when I really start talking to people, I always look at it and I go, there's so many things where we can start. And most people want to start off on how did the career start? I really want to start off with a book okay. is really where I would like to start off with you. And how did the book come about? Did did the publisher contact you looking for something or were you actually no. trying to outsource this? So I, I think it's a, it was a kind of a combination of three things. It was, it was timing. It was the right message. And hopefully that's written pretty well. And, uh, and then it was a little bit of, of who I knew, but no, I, the way the book came about was actually kind of funny. I was uh, sitting on my dad's porch. My, my dad lives about three hours from me in Albuquerque. And so we were, we were having some beers one Friday night and just reminiscing about stuff. And I was telling him these stories about my, my mentor from when I first got into uh, construction after I got out of the, the air force. So I was working construction safety and uh, th- this guy, Nick had, uh, had passed away in 2016. So I was, I was just kind of reminiscing the stories a little bit. And I, I stopped at one point and I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I know I've told you these stories a bunch of times. Um, you know, I, I, I hate to bore you with it or something like that. And, my dad looked at me and he goes, no, these are, these are great stories. You need to write them down. And I said, yeah, you're right. He goes, no, that's, you, you need to write them down. You've been saying you wanted to be a writer since you were like seven and you're not getting younger. So, um, you know what, I'm going to see you in two weeks and I would expect you should have about two chapters done by then. <laughs> no pressure. And, uh, no, yeah, no pressure <laughs> at all. So I sat down and just started, I had no idea what I was going to do. So I, I got a notebook, uh, piece of paper out and just started writing down ideas for, you know, different stories from throughout my career. I'd say about 80% of them made it to the book. Um, 
and then I tried to weave them together into something that was that was usable. Uh, and it started out kind of as a as a rant about all the things that I was that that I've struggled with throughout my career, and and you know the the wastefulness that that sometimes goes into the the safety profession. Um, and then I looked at that after a chapter or two and said, you know, this isn't really this isn't going to be a beneficial thing. So what can I add? What what can I put in here that's going to be valuable to somebody that's, you know, either struggling in the same position that I was at, at those points or completely new to the field. So that's kind of where it came from. So when you started off with this, had you already started relentless safety or no. was it, okay. So was it, so yeah. you're, is this a dual love project then? Cause this is where it's really going to get interesting. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, I had no idea. So I, I wrote the book. I just, it was like this mad feverish dash. I had all these, I had some stuff going on uh, health-wise, so it was this totally irrational thought, and I'm fine now, but I was sitting there as every night as I'm writing this thing to like midnight, I'm like, I'm going to die if I don't write this book, and <laughs> so that was sort of my motivation uh, was to get it out, and um, and I, I wrote it, I mean, I, I do not write this fast anymore. I don't think I could keep up that pace, so I wrote it in like two and a half months, and and then I had a book and I'm sitting there with this thing and I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I shopped it out to a couple people, uh, a couple professionals that I'm, that I respect and, and asked them to proofread it for me. And they all came back, you know, just overwhelmingly positive uh, with their feedback. And then I had no idea what to do with it. So I started reaching out to people that I've, you know, been connected with on, on LinkedIn or through other social media and just asking them what they did. A couple of more, yeah, I reached out to Todd Conklin. I reached out to uh, Phil Duke, and I knew, you know, they had both published books and it was actually Todd that, that kind of pushed me in the direction of Taylor and Francis, which is CRC press. Um, he didn't, you know, give me a, a leg up or anything. He just said, yeah, you know, they, they asked me to, to do these books. And, um, you know, I think they have a, an application on their website where you can do your proposal and, you know, go from there. So I did it and it got accepted. And, uh, you know, like it was just this big whirl, whirlwind of, of stuff that happened within just a few months. So between that, so you got the book, you're building your, your company or your website, however you want it, or combination is really what it is. And you're ill. And you still were able to pull this off in a little over two months? Yeah, about the three. And then it trickled into you know, waiting for the uh, the proposal to come through. I think it ended up being about April. So from October to April of uh, October of 2018 to April of last year, uh, that's that's pretty much when it all happened. And the website and, and then following on after that with the, the business aspect of it really came you know, I, I knew that I needed to get my name out and I kind of wanted to build a brand, build a reputation. So, um, just started jotting things down on the blog, uh, in sort of similar fashion as, as the book's written so that people could get a taste of, you know, how I do it and started putting those things out. And, and it, that was pretty incredible too. It's just the response that I've gotten. I was expecting to be, you know, blackballed from the safety community, <laughs> all, my, all, all my heresy, um, but, uh, you know, it, and, and it helped, I think along the way, I, I sort of honed in on, on what my voice is and, and what I enjoy doing. I like making people laugh, but then I like to kind of stick you with a message at the end and make you think, uh, so that that's tended to work better than the, the angry rants for sure. So how does this process work then with the book? So you're done in April, you're with the shopping of the book around, all of a sudden they accept it, but it doesn't get released until from what I can find, August 30th, give or take of 2019. 
So are you in a so rewriting I, process during the time or what's happening? No, the, the only thing that, that was rewritten, and I will say they did a fantastic job uh, just, you know, polishing it up and, and making it even better than, than I could have imagined. Um, so they, they went through an editing process, professional editing process, you know, checked for grammar and all the, the usual stuff. They didn't change much. We changed a couple titles of chapters because there was, you know, copyright issues and stuff like that. But um, the only thing that was actually cut, and I left it in there on purpose, was there was uh, there was one f bomb that I left in there uh, just to test the waters. But they cut that out. So <laughs> this is the Jay Allen Show. Have you learned about a human and organizational performance, and you wanted more? Well, now is your chance. Fisher Improvement Technologies is conducting an advanced HOP practitioner workshop. Now is your opportunity to learn these advanced hop techniques in this two-day workshop that is designed to give leaders the ability to understand and manage integrations of advanced error reduction in organizations, also known as error. Participants are provided with multiple experiential learning opportunities to ensure they can use the information in their day-to-day interactions. For more information, Go to aerohp.com, that is A-E-R-O-H-P.com, and click on the link that says Open Enrollment. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. So when you say title changes, was it stuff that people would automatically recognize that it was copywritten material in regards of the title of the chapter? Yes. Yeah, that's what it was. So no ghostwriter and limited editing. This sounds really good stuff then. No, no ghostwriter. It was all me. Um, like I said, I, I kind of gave it out. I gave it out to three people that I, that I really trust. And uh, they gave me some feedback, uh, you know, word corrections here and there. It was, it's kind of interesting. One of them was in Australia. So we had a little bit of a language mm-hmm. difference. Um, so some of his suggestions, I kind of cocked my head sideways too. And I'm sure he read some of my, my comparisons and metaphors and stuff and thought they were a little silly, but uh, no, I mean, it was just, it was a crazy, I don't think my experience was normal by any stretch of anybody's imagination. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's interesting because when I pull up information about the book, it's everywhere and it's reviewed in a lot of places. And then you did something that I consider gutsy in the, in the book world where you decided to move forward and do a hardcover of the book. Yeah. And that's kind of a brave move because that's saying, hey, we're cementing here moving forward with the book because now you're talking about, okay, it's we're not talking about something you're just somebody's going to order off of Amazon. They're going to print it automatically and then all of a sudden it's going to come to them. You're doing the hardcover. Now, was this something that they discussed with you, meaning the publisher, or was this kind of the plan starting off? No, that was that was sort of the deal. So it's it's a part of their line called CRC Focus. Um and the, the the advantages of it um, is that there it's fast, relatively fast to print. Um, you know, it did take from April to September uh, for the hardcover, but uh, it only it's only available in hardcover and digital. So there there is no uh, soft cover. So there's no in between, is what you're saying. Um, there's no in between, uh, and and that's just it's a it's their their marketing tool. It's one of the you know these very select series that are uh, supposed to be relevant and, and timely and, and topical and uh, they've had good success with it. So I'm, I'm happy. I mean, and, and the book turned out just awesome. So um, 
Well, I, well, I would hope so. You put a lot of time in, into it. When you were actually on the Accidental Safety Pro with, uh, Jill, with Jill James, you had a discussion that you were planning on potentially a second book. Have you already started that process? I have. Um, and, and very much in the same vein as, well, actually, I, I take it back. It's it's going to be, so the first book was clearly, you know, aimed toward people in the safety profession. And I, I make the disclaimer in there that, you know, anybody in management can read this and get some benefit from it. At least I think so. Um, and I've had, you know, a lot of positive feedback in that regard too. Um, so this one's the first one was always meant to be geared toward safety professionals. The second one is going to be geared toward, you know, executives and, and leadership. Uh, it's probably going to be a coloring book. <laughs> uh, so you're, 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 you're taking uh, the um, Jimmy Kimmel approach to some extent then. <laughs> right. Um, so the second one is really, you know, how, if, if I'm an executive or a leader, you know, how, how do I lead my organization toward uh, a good safety culture, a good, you know, a, a good safety program? Because everything that, that most of those people do is based on something that somebody like me told them. And that's a lot of faith, but there's also a lot of, uh, I would say, misinformation uh, in, in the career field, you know, we still do a lot of things that just don't make a lot of sense. So I want to bring some of the practicality from the first book and translate that into, you know, here's, it's sort of leadership with a safety spin on it. Um, so, you know, good, good leadership, good management backed up by safety stories. And that's, uh, that's the, the goal for the second one. And then I actually have, and I haven't started on this one, but I actually have plans for the third one, uh, which will be geared toward, you know, the workers, the, the people in the field, the people on the production floor, um, the people that are actually doing the work with tools, you know, and how can they contribute? And I think with those three, um, three things all tied together in series, I think that'll be a really nice little package that, that an organization could benefit a lot from. Very neat. So are you going to do anything different with the second book in regards of how it's actually being done? Are you going to do that one on paper or will this be part of the focus series as well? I, I'm still up in the air with that. It, it may be paperback, okay. it may not. Um, I, I am going to structure it a little bit differently. It's still going to be, you know, told through stories and um, and anecdotes and, and things that are, you know, just crazy things that you can't make up, uh, which is really the the basis of the story. Um, one of my big goals from the from the get go is to make it something that people want to read. You know, there's tons of great safety books out there that are just. Difficult. Oh, come on. Say they're dry. They're extremely dry. It's like reading a textbook. They're, they're terrible. Okay. I mean, don't yeah. be shy. Come on. Um, no, there. So that was the goal is to make it some, make it enjoyable. Like when you get to the end, I had a, a, a guy come up to me the other day that had, he, he's been giving me feedback as he reads the book. And, you know, a couple of times he's come up and he goes, I don't really know. I, I don't, I don't agree with you on, on this point. I'm like, great. That's let's talk about it. That was the whole point. Uh, but he got to the end of it and I won't give it away, but he gets to the end and, and he came into my office and he goes, I hate how you ended that book. <laughs> so you see, this gives people encouragement on why they need to get to the end to understand the rest of that story. I, I, so let's just say it's it's a little bit emotion packed, um, and it's not what you would expect from a safety book. It's it, it's kind of a, a, a punch in the gut uh, right at the end. So the, it's kind of a cliffhanger. Um, there there are definitely more stories, but like I said, you know, it's a lot of it was based on my mentor. He passed away in 2016, so. Um, you can kind of connect the dots, but, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was a hard ending to write. And then, and then I, 
I just figured it was suiting to put so, out there. So when you get to the portion where you actually decide with the name of the book, are you already thinking about relentless safety and that's why you have portion of it saying relent, relentless pursuit? Or is this something that just kind of happens serendipitousness on how it actually ends up, ends up occurring? So, so the, the book inspired the website. There, There's a... Uh, what I tried to do, and I, when I was writing this, I was listening to uh, an audio book by David Goggins, um, who was a, a Navy SEAL, you know, ultra marathon athlete and, you know, just crazy successful guy in, in just about everything he's done. But he's had, you know, he had some really uh, tough struggles getting there. And at the end of his book, uh, at least on the audio version, they did this like challenge uh end of the chapter challenge. And it was, it was basic stuff. It was the same, same vein as, as what I've got here from the safety perspective. Uh, but it was stuff like, Hey, you know, I, I want you to write on your mirror in your bathroom, what your, what your accountabilities are, you know, what are you going to, uh, what are you going to accomplish today and hold yourself to that. And then the next chapter would build on that and build on that, and build on that. And I just thought that was a really cool, uh, concept. But then at the end of it, uh, the guy that was reading it, who is his ghostwriter, uh, would tell the listeners, Hey, you know, if you, if you have something that you want to share from this, or if you have a good experience, tell us about your accountability mirror and use the hashtag, uh, can't hurt me, I think is what it was. So like, Oh, that's a really cool idea. I wonder if I could get that to take off. So I actually used the hashtag relentless safety in the book. And then that turned into the website. So it's there. They've always been closely linked, uh, so are you at the time when you're writing the book, building the brand, are you doing the traditional nine to five at the time or what's going on? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like or seven, <laughs> right. seven well, we use nine to five, but we know most, most people are out there like five, five thirty. So. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. And, and I still am. So this is, this is nights and weekends and you know, every, everything in between little breaks here and there. Um, it's been a lot of work. It's been, um, been a challenge but it's been rewarding too so uh, i've learned a lot from it i think it's been something that that i can take back to my organization i have taken back to my organization and and used a lot of the tools and and tips and tricks uh, fairly successfully i mean we don't have any kind of scientific data on that yet but uh, well you can write your own white paper (laughs) (laughs) right right um the the message resonates with people and you know the the more uh the more i get it out there it's just funny because people find me online and then they come back to work you know, in my regular job. They're like, Hey, I saw your videos. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. It's like they're stalking you when you're actually, you know, outside of work, which is the interesting yeah. part. Now let's talk about the videos because you put some funny stuff out there. Um, some of these cat videos are interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, I look at it. So you're saying you do this when you're not, so this is like something you do at night or on the weekend or when you have time available outside of work. So this is not even your 24 seven then. No, not at all. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a balance thing because I, I have two kids and a wife that I would probably. Keep, uh, <laughs> a good, a good idea. Uh, yeah, she, she just she just gave me the, the evil eye. I know. I mean, based on stuff that I when I was doing research about, you, I mean, she looked like a professional rollerblader. So I'm not sure, you know, rollerball better saying. So I, I would take it easy on what I would say. Roller, roller derby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's tough. Uh, she's scrappy for sure. Um <laughs> no, uh, the, the, uh, yeah, this is, this is all, I usually film videos on, on Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, and then I spend, you know, Sunday night until whenever, uh, editing stuff. But, uh, the videos came about 
kind of just out of nowhere. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the, the company Safepedia out of Canada. Um, I was actually at home sick. I had an ear infection a few months back and I was, you know, messing around on LinkedIn and, and chatting with people. And Jamie Young from Safepedia reached out to me and he goes, Hey man, I, I love the blog. I, I think I'd written the one about my couch at that point. And he said, it was just hilarious. And uh, he goes, have you ever thought about doing video? And so we got to chat and we eventually got on the phone together and started talking about it. And I said, yeah, man, I've, I've done, I've done video before. I, I did a lot of video production for one of the companies I worked for uh, and it was fun, but man, it's tedious. And I don't, I just don't have that kind of time uh, at the moment. And he goes, yeah, but what if, what if I produce them for you? And uh, so I thought about it for a little bit and, and tried to think of something that, that I could add to the, to the mix. You know, there's a lot of people out there doing really great content that are you know just telling stories and talking and and a little bit of the the back and forth and characterization stuff that I do but I wanted it to be something completely different that would kind of throw you off a little bit but again you know kind of stick you with with the message at the end so this is the Jay Allen show enjoy some of your favorite hosts in the safety world enjoy shows by Sheldon Primus Blaine J Hoffman Jill James Mike Sedham, Rob Fisher, Todd Conklin, and Jay Allen. FOMO. What will you miss if you're not at Work Human Live? 70 sessions led by industry thought leaders around the most pressing issues in today's workplace. Unparalleled opportunity to connect and network with like-minded peers. Earning professional development credits from SHRM, HRPA, HRCI, ATD, and World at Work. A fully human, immersive experience where you can learn and grow and also have fun and be yourself. An open dialogue beyond HR that delves into data behind gratitude, implementing human rights in the workplace, and other provocative issues around the future of work. The chance to be part of a movement to bring more humanity to workplaces and the world. CTA, don't be caught not at Work Human Live. The FOMO is real. Register today at www.workhumanlive.com and use code PODCAST to save $200. Are you, are, you, are you tired of actually going to a safety event and it's extremely boring? Well, let's go ahead and change that moving forward. Reach out to our team here at Safety Focus Moment and let us make your next event extraordinary. We can provide you anything from guest speakers to full-blown workshops. To find out more information, go to safetyfocusmoment.com. That's safetyfocusmoment.com. And don't forget to tell them that you heard it here on Safety FM. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. I mean, and I have to tell you, some of the videos are quite excellent. So, Safepedia finds you. A lot of this stuff has been working out for you very interestingly. This is something where you pursued some things they were now they're coming after you so how does the justice league land on your lap so that one or excuse me about, the safety justice league let me give you the proper name let me give you the proper name here yeah i don't want any, I don't want any copyright <laughs> infringement problems um the the safety justice league wasn't even intended to be the safety justice league so it was i think back in october jason lucas reached out to me and of course he does the, the safe social media, social media safety minute. And, uh, I had just started doing my safety snake bites and, and, uh, a couple other people, we were kind of watching, doing different content. 
And he reached out and said, Hey man, uh, I don't think anybody's collaborating on this stuff. Would you want to do, you know, a, a collaboration video? I said, sure. Yeah. What's, what do you, what do you got? What do you think we should do? And we came up with a couple ideas. We actually shot some that, that we never aired. Um, and then we just came up with this really simple concept called ask a safety pro. And really it was coming from that, that perspective, sort of the same, uh, same mantra as, as the book, you know, as we were, we were talking about, you know, providing and giving back to maybe people that, that are in a place we've been before in our, uh, in our careers. So he, uh, we recorded all these things independently. It was, uh, initially it was myself, uh, Abby Ferry, Nathan Brayman, uh, Jason, of course, and then Joe Pina, um, on, a, on the first couple. And, they just kind of took off. Like people, people really ate it up. And what was cool was it wasn't so much that, you know, we have all the answers. It was, uh, that we, we started some conversations that, that people weren't having. And, and then, you know, this person would add in, Oh yeah, I, I would do this. I would answer that question this way. And there was just so much knowledge that was being shared from all these videos. It was really cool. And it, and it just kind of took off like a rocket. So, um, we're going to keep it up and we're going to kind of grow that, uh, you know, Abby's favorite descriptor is organically, but I like it. Uh, we're just going to keep seeing, we've got some pretty concrete plans now, but we're going to see how, uh, how the future looks for that. What we really want to do and what, what we've gotten the most, what, at least what I have, I gotten the most out of from it is the community aspect. You know, we're really giving a voice to people that, you know, maybe don't want to post content or, uh, or do, and haven't ever done it before, you know? So that's, that's something that we're really aiming toward at this point. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting because you guys are getting a lot of impressions, a lot of people looking your direction, but also at the same time, I know just based on some of the research that I was able to do that people make the assumption automatically that you're an overnight sensation. Tell some of the people, some of the sacrifices that you've had to put in in regards to getting to where you're at in your career and the things that have occurred just to get to this point. So all of us in, in, you know, I'll speak from my perspective, but all of us are about the same point in our career, give or take a couple of years. So I've been doing industrial safety for 16 years, started in the Air Force and transitioned out. I've done construction. I've done uh, chemical operations. I've done manufacturing. I've done power plants, uh, transmission and distribution, just all over the map, uh, which is great. And, you know, you get all those varied experiences and you get to see things from from different perspectives. But, uh, you know, by no means was it any kind of overnight, you know, I think we, we appeared in the spotlight pretty quickly. Uh, but we've, we've all been around for, for quite a while. Um, and, and, and like you said, the sacrifices are, you know, those for me, at least, you know, moving state moves six times in six years and, um, you know, packing up and moving my family here and there and going to little podunk towns that have nothing. And you got to drive you know, an hour and a half to, to get to the grocery store. Um, we've done all that stuff and it's been some great experience through it, but it has, you know, it's never easy. Um, it's never cheap. So that, that's something that, that people need to consider, you know, eat up as much as you can and, and absorb as much as you can throughout the journey. But if you're not willing to, to sacrifice and, you know, go where the work is or, you know, learn from the people that know more than you, then it's going to be a hard road. So that's kind of my take on it. When you were sitting back in California Baptist University, did you ever think that this is where you would be at this point? No, I was going to be a famous singer. And 
Um, I am not. There's there's no way that's going to so are you Are we going to get a singing ever. video? Is this what you're, is no, that what, is this what not, you're hinting at? <laughs> I, I am completely retired from, from that business, but I, I'd say I was, I was moderately good. I wasn't great by any stretch. I think you should make a video. I mean, we need to, we need to hear it and I, see it, you know, full force here. Remember you can edit. Well, <laughs> if you can figure out how to get onto my old MySpace page, you can listen to all my demos. Okay. So, <laughs> Challenge accepted for the audience here. There you go. <laughs> um, no, I, I didn't really know. You know, I went to school for communications. I, um, I, I was one of those kids that just didn't really have a goal. I just wanted to do big things. I didn't know what big things were. And uh, so I, right after college, I, I worked a, a summer job and then I moved to Nashville and I tried getting in a band. I mean, I did everything from selling Kirby vacuum cleaners to selling cars, waiting tables, um, odd jobs here and there. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. And then my little brother joined the Air Force and he's the one that kind of got me thinking about it. You know, I was kind of hard on my luck. All my, all my college loans came due and, and I was just, you know, struggling to, to make it, to keep paying rent and all that stuff. And he goes, well, you should, you got a degree. You should go down and, and join the air force, you know, become an officer. And I went down to the officer recruiter and he wanted nothing to do with me because I didn't have a, you know, an engineering degree or mathematics degree or something like that. And after that, I went down to the enlisted guy and I had never even taken the ASVAB in high school. So I went and took that scored pretty high on it. And then the recruiter came back and was all excited and said, man, you could do anything you want in the air force. Here's your two choices. <laughs> anything you want, two choices. Yeah. Um, so it was either a plumber or a munition systems technician. And I didn't want to be a plumber. I, I don't know if I'd make that decision differently. <laughs> now, but uh, I, I really, <laughs> I mean, they make some money. They, they, those guys are, you're doing, you're doing similar work to some extent. <laughs> True. Uh, I but, said it, uh, not you. <laughs> I know, right? I didn't disagree, though. Let uh, me ask a question, though. How did you? What did you get the John L. Levitar Award for when you're in there? So, so we, the Air Force has um, when you're enlisted before you can sew on your staff sergeant stripe and become a non commissioned officer, uh, which is E five. You have to go through six weeks of just really. I think it's probably some of the best leadership training out there and every branch has, has their own take on it. Uh, but you have to go through essentially business school to, to learn how to manage and to learn how to transition from being, you know, just a grunt worker to, you know, supervising people and doing documentation and speaking in front of audiences and giving presentations to the commander and all these things. Um, so, I mean, and they touted it as like a fortune 500 level, uh, training class and it, and it really was um we had the everything was flights in the air force so you had your your flight of, of people that you were in and then you had your your class uh broken up into little i don't know if they call them squadrons or what um can't remember at this point uh but we had four classes in our flight of of these trainees before we were all going to be authorized to sign it to to sew on our, our staff sergeant stripe and traditionally the the, the class leader 
in each one of these classes was the highest ranking. So they'd been a, a senior airman for longer than anybody else. Uh, we usually meant they'd been in the air force longer than anybody else. And you were just assigned that role. You're, you're the senior ranking person. You're the class leader. So I was not, I was promoted pretty quickly. So I was just a regular class member. Uh, but I having my, my speech background and my, you know, public speaking background, I was able to help coach my, my class through the, the more difficult parts of their, their presentations. And they unanimously voted me instead of the class leader, uh, which was the traditional thing as the, as their nominee for the award. And uh, essentially what that meant was I was the top graduate in, in the class, which was a pretty big, big honor for me. What year are we talking uh, roughly? Uh, 2005, I think. And boy, what an impact did that have? I mean, take a look at where, where this has gotten you this far, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely, it was a confidence booster. Um, I, I don't know that it set anything in motion, but it, it gave me, it, it, it kind of clued me into what I was capable of, you know, as, in terms of how to influence people, how to help people, how to coach people through difficult things. Cause there were some people that were just terrified just to speak to our little group of, you know, five or 10 people. And, uh, you know, we really, I, I can't say that it was all me because we came out in, as a team. Uh, but we really were able to, to pull that group together and, and make something really special out of it. And I still keep in contact with a, with a few of those people. So it's kind of, it was kind of cool. Now, Jason, do you do any public speaking? Do you go out and talk to crowds of people currently, or is that something you're not doing at the time? Not doing it at the moment. I just don't have the bandwidth to do it, but definitely is something that I want to pursue okay. for sure. And I know I probably shouldn't ask you this, but what's your plans for the future? Are you planning on, you know, you're going to build your brand and you're going to just start doing your own thing or rather not talk about it because potential employer might be listening. <laughs> uh, listening. I always say nobody's listening. No one's listening. It's just us. Yeah. yeah no one's, no one's listening. I'm, I'm sure none of them are listening. Uh, and if they are, I'm friends with them. Uh, no, the, the goal has always been to build the brand. Um, I do want to move into public speaking. I do want to move into, you know, sort of the, uh, that kind of circuit, I guess you'd call it. Um, but really where, where I feel a lot of value and where I, where I think I'm best is little, little groups of people and, you know, training them, teaching them the, I, I don't like saying soft skills, but the, you know, the non-traditional, the, the, the basics that we just don't do, you know, how do you, how do you communicate better with your workers? How do you engage better with your workers? How do you look at things in, in a different perspective or even, you know, how do you say things that don't make them doubt your intentions because we do that inadvertently quite a bit. You know, we, we talk about the business and we talk about the money that we're making. And even if that's not what's on your heart, it's, it comes across as, well, I don't care about you. I'm, you know, we got a business to run. So that that's really where I want to take things. Um, my next plans uh, with relentless safety anyway, are to, uh, to offer up some online training, um, online training, modules kind of based on some of the chapters in the book. One in particular is the the writer's guide. Uh, it's a, you're not Shakespeare, so quit sh saying shall. <laughs> the, the, the chapter. Uh, so it's really trying to teach, you know, safety professionals or really anybody that's doing any technical writing, how to write instructions that aren't based in legal terminology, because those are just useless to people that actually need to use them. Uh, 
so that's kind of the, the short-term plans. I've got some, some loftier goals that I'll, I'll keep, uh, you know, keep quiet for a little bit. But, oh, you have uh, to tell us more, but if you're going to hold off, I'll, I'll try to drag it out on you. <laughs> all right. Try, uh, read the key the word. To be, to be, but even, yeah, for sure, uh, for sure, the next two books, uh, the second one, I've got maybe 30% done already, um, and I'm just kind of poking along at it. The, the cool thing about doing the blog is that I can, I can use some of that, you know, it's, or at least some of the, the topics are already there. So I just kind of, uh, translated into the book material and some of that's already done for me. So, so going back to something that you were saying right before I, I rudely interrupted you, do you think that there is, there is an actual gap on some of the things that happen between the boardroom and the actual safety person that's there? Do you think that the boardroom should have a safety person in it? Cause that's not just, it doesn't seem to be a common path currently. I, I think and this is an opinion question. So it's whatever you think here. Yeah, no, whatever I think. Um, I don't, I don't know that there's very many safety people that would want to be in the boardroom, to be honest. Uh, so there's, there's going to be the challenge, but I think what, what the board needs is better education. And I, I, I think I articulated it something like, you know, we, we need to write them better speeches, um, and, and change their, their message because, you know, all, all you hear is, oh, well, we're good. Cause we didn't have any OSHA recordables. Well, that's a pretty useless thing to say, but that, you know, if you look at it from the perspective of somebody that's, that's worked their entire career in operations and management, and now they're at the top and that's all they've ever known, you know, it's going to take a lot of uh, knocking on the door and and sort of touting a, a different methodology before those people accept that there's something better. Um, so, so that's really where, where I think it needs to go. I don't know that somebody needs to be in the boardroom, but they definitely need an advisor that they're going to empower. I mean, I think a lot of safety professionals are, are sort of in uh, figurehead positions, unfortunately. And, you know, you, you, can, you can scream into the wind all day long and it's not going to do anything unless somebody says, you know, somebody at a very high level says, no, this is what you say goes. Um, to, a, to a degree, I mean, there's you got to have a little bit of uh, flexibility there, but you know, you're my professional, you're my expert. We're going to do it this way, and I, I don't, I don't see that happening a lot. I see a lot of people, a lot of safety people that are frustrated uh, because they they know the right thing to do and they can't get their leaders to do it. So. This is the Jay Allen Show. Top Safety Speakers was created with the sole purpose of helping organizations achieve and sustain safety excellence. Top Safety Speakers is recognized as North America's most impactful provider of safety excellence speakers and facilitators. Sustainable safety excellence is not one size fits all approach. That is why Top Safety Speakers have handpicked a wide selection of speakers who impact and empower safety culture and performance developing leaders in inspiring workplaces for over 16 years. For more information, contact Top Safety Speakers at 866-494-0445. That's 866-494-0445. Or go to topsafetyspeakers.com. I've mentioned it before, but I am not the greatest at getting to places early, especially when traveling and getting to the airport early enough to avoid the I might miss the flight anxiety. That's why I'm excited about our newest sponsor here. And that's clear. Never run late again. 
to a gate. Clear helps you get through security with the tap of a finger so you can get to your gate faster and reduce the pre-flight stress. Start getting through security in a tap. Clear replaces the need of a physical ID using eyes and fingertips to get you through security. Because you're the best ID out there. Create your own account online before you go to the airport. And once you get to the airport, a clear ambassador helps you finish the process. Then you can start using clear immediately. Clear helps you get through the security faster in 65 plus airports and stadiums across the country. With more being added daily. If you are traveling with your family, up to three family members can be added at a discounted rate. And kids under 18 are free when traveling with a Clear member. I'll tell you, I've been using Clear for years, even before they actually became a sponsor of the show. Clear is an absolute best way to get through the airport security. It works great with PreCheck too. Right now, listeners of the Jay Allen Show can get their first two months of Clear for free. Go to clearme.com forward slash safety and use code safety. That's clearme.com, C-L-E-A-R-M-E.com forward slash safety and use code safety for your free two months of clear. Make sure you tell them that Jay Allen sent you. Wondering how you can show your love? Head over now to Facebook and drop a like. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. Well, let me ask you one more thing and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you be. Being as the Safety Justice League is out and about and taking, you know, taking the world by storm, well, if you go based on the Justice League as they have in D.C., they normally take applications. Are you guys accepting applications for people that might be interested in joining your crew? Well, uh, softly, <laughs> yes. Um, that has always... Because you know it's going to come yeah, up. If it hasn't come up already, somebody's going to start asking that question soon. Oh, no, it, it <laughs> has come up many, many times. Um, so that that's what we're building into the website. We really want it to be a community thing. We're, we're the organizers, you know, but we're not like we're not superheroes like that's you're not safety gods come on no No. a little bit i mean (laughs) no uh no no we're not safety gods we don't know all the answers uh but we want to we want to tap into the people that are out there that that have some of the answers that even you know that we don't have uh and and make something really amazing out of it so that is the whole goal of of the safety justice league it's not for people it's it is definitely meant to be a community so we are um we actually released our first video with a with a guest answerer last week uh we're going to do another one this week and i will say i'll leave it a surprise who who it's going to be but we got blown out of the water as far as our production uh by our guest this week uh he just killed it so the, the platform is going to be, at least on the website, is going to be a place where, you know, people can collaborate, people can have kind of a spotlight. Uh, we've got plans for that and, you know, just really have sort of a, a community feel in, in the safety profession because it, it does get pretty lonely sometimes. And I know that all four of us have felt that way at, at times and we want to give that support to people that maybe don't have it. So that's... Uh, I know it's kind of a non-answer. But it's a non-answer answer. At least it, it did cover some of the material. So that's the important part. So question for you, if people are interested in finding out more about you and your projects that you have going on, where can they go? Okay. So for me, they can go to relentlesssafety.com. Uh, you can check out all my stuff. I've got links to the book. I've got links to all my blog posts. Uh, you can email me at jason at relentlesssafety.com. 
for the Safety Justice League, you can go to safetyjusticeleague.com and actually sign up. We, we haven't fully launched yet, but we're, we're in the works. So if you sign up, you'll get all the notifications and when new stuff starts popping up on there. And you can also email uh, safetyjusticeleague at gmail.com and just make sure that you don't spell league every time. <laughs> well, Jason, I really do appreciate you coming on to the show. Uh, I appreciate you having me, Jay. And this brings another episode of the Jay Allen Show to an end. It will be interesting to see the different things that Jason and the Safety Justice League will be doing in their careers over the next few months and years to come. This has been our show for today. Make sure that you follow us on all social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, the fun stuff. Also, if you want some more information about the network, please come to safetyfm.com. This will bring another episode to an end. Don't worry, because we'll be back in no time. This has been Jay Allen. Goodbye for now. Want more of the Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.